Hey, everybody, welcome back to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. I am Lisa Linky, your very (laughs) best friend whom you've never met. And sitting across from me, and by across, I mean across town, but in my ear holes, (laughs) is Misty Stinnett. My very best friend who you've never met. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Lisa and I have never met in person. Fun fact. It's fun fact. Um, We just randomly met up in a chat room and we're like, want to start a podcast? (laughs) As a matter of fact, we're one person. We are just very good at doing voices. What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know. This is a weekly podcast where a bi-weekly podcast, you don't know what that word means in my context because it can be two things. It has two meanings. It drives me nuts. <sighs> Worst. We have a podcast that releases two episodes a week. And on Fridays, we do a full book review of a popular or recent or classic or interesting to us self-help book. And or on garbage the following- fire. Or garbage got fire. Sometimes. That's true. And the following Tuesday, as it is today, uh, it's our <laughs> weekly beef episodes where we follow up on any homework, do check-ins, maybe some je provokes, which is a, uh, a thought-provoking question, some listener emails or an article. Uh, we get to do whatever the fuck we want. Also, we cuss because uh, it's our damn podcast. So you're welcome about that. And yeah. in, in any case, uh, we're here for you. As Missy says, we're your tiny pocket friends and enemies. And <laughs> And um, we, uh, uh, we're just delighted that you're listening and we're so thrilled to be able to continue uh, this throughout the pandemic. Just a quick time, time stamp, time stamp is um, it's June 26th. So depending on when you're listening to this, I think this will come out in August. Um, the wow. world may look very Holy different. Cow. What is it like yeah. out there, everybody? What is Are you wearing masks? like? I hope please so. tell me you're wearing masks. Oh my God. Yeah. It takes, you know, oh it takes a while to edit the episodes and to read the book. So we've got a bit of a lead time and we started timestamping the episodes, which are otherwise kind of evergreen because the world has been changing so quickly. Yeah. It is nuts. Yeah. So Lisa, you yes. gave me homework on the last episode. You covered the wonderful book, OMG, WTF. Does the Constitution actually say? <laughs> I did by Ben Sheehan. Yes, I just covered yes. the first article of the uh, uh, Constitution, which was so helpful. Like it, it sounds like, oh, we just covered one article, but it truly was such a comprehensive guide and how our government works, like in yeah. understanding the basic facts. And um, and that author sounds so funny. But yeah. you gave me the homework because I had a question about one of the the laws written into the fabric of the constitution about senators. And this is from article one, section six. And it says the senators and representatives shall receive a compensation for their services to be ascertained by law and paid out of the treasury of the United States. They shall in all cases, except treason, felony and breach of the peace be privileged from arrest during their attendance at the session of their of their respective houses and in going to and returning from the same and for any speech or debate in either house, they shall not be questioned in any other place. So I just had this question of, wait a second, what if they're breaking the law 
on the way home from being in session. You know, what if I think I use the example of a DUI and that was my homework was to look it up and clarify this. So we found a definition online kind of deciphering it. And it says, Article 1, Section 6 protects legislators from arrests and civil lawsuits while they are in session, but they may be arrested in criminal matters. To prevent prosecutors and others from using the courts to intimidate a legislator because they do not like his or her views, legislators are granted immunity from criminal prosecution and civil lawsuits for the things they say and the work they do as legislatures. So if somebody were driving home drunk, that is a criminal matter. They absolutely could be arrested. Exactly. Exactly. So I was glad we cleared that up. Thank you so much. So what I wanted to address with this weekly beef is this sort of seemingly perfect Instagram world that we've seen. It seems like everyone I know has become a master chef in this time and they have all the time in the world to start prepping dinner at like 4.30 and they're doing sourdough starters and they're pickling things and they've opened a socially distant restaurant un- under, you know, <laughs> Chef Keller's name. It's called the, the French Laundry Mat. And that has not been my experience. And I have definitely found myself judging myself for A, not falling in love with cooking or B, still not being great at it, right? I have a few go-to, mm-hmm. like anything that involves stirring a bunch of stuff up in one pot is definitely for me. So think soups, mm-hmm. stews, pasta sauces. But I found this article um, from the Smarter Living newsletter on the New York Times, and it is called Fancy Cakes, Quarantine Sourdough, Not for These Hapless Home Cooks. The pandemic cooking craze hasn't swept up everybody. To those who feel lost in the kitchen, even toasting bread and warming pizza are a challenge. Uh, Mm -hmm. So this is by Priya Krishna, and it was from June 2nd of 2020. So I just wanted to touch base on this in case anybody else is feeling the same way that I am. So no, I feel very competent with my uh, with my caviar and my Postmates orders. Oh, I thought you meant like actual cans of caviar, and I was like, "Damn, girl!" Well, to be fair, it's not hard to like pop the lid off of a jar of. (laughs) I've never had caviar. Okay, when she began self isolating in her apartment in College Station, Texas, in March, Melissa Hodges thought it would be her big opportunity to finally learn to cook. After all, so many of her classmates at Texas A&M University, where she is a senior, were posting Instagram photos of glossy strands of spaghetti carbonara and citrus scones drizzled with a sticky glaze. Then she tried to... (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. She goes... Then she tried... (laughs) That's what I I just slipped out. But it's like definitely my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) So that's just... What? That that's just a lot. Okay. <laughs> then she tried to heat up a frozen cheese pizza. <laughs> oh no. She says, I stuck it in the oven at a random temperature because I didn't bother to read the instructions, recalled Miss Hodges, mm. 22, who didn't put the pizza on a dish. <laughs> it's like okay. Such a funny, like side detail from the reporter, like a side eye detail. She says about yes. 20. 20- <laughs> About 20 minutes in, it fell through the cracks of my oven. The result was both doughy and charred. I sat on the floor and started crying. (laughs) 
Uh, oh no, there's a picture. Hold on. <laughs> After that disaster, and another involving undercooked pasta that crunched when she bit it. Oh God. <laughs> she. She is resigned to dinners of breakfast cereal and other undemanding foods. The kitchen just sits there and stares at me, she said. Um, and then she, there's a picture of her. <laughs> there's a picture. The of kitchen her just sits there and stares at me. Wait, there's a picture of the pizza. And she says uh, from her Instagram, it says, I should have done delivery, not DiGiorno. The quarantine <gasps> is dangerous due to the fact that I don't know how to cook absolutely anything. And it's got like the squiggly face with the eyebrows. Oh, so she, my God. So cooking, one of life's most basic chores, has suddenly become a creative outlet and source of comfort for a whole new audience of the housebound. On social media, it can seem as if everyone is spending more time in the kitchen, whether to bake banana bread or to cultivate a sourdough starter with a cheeky name like Jane Doe. D-O-U-G-H. Oh, yeah. Traffic to cooking websites has exploded. Celebrities are broadcasting their culinary feats. As the website Grub Street recently noted, in quarantine, it turns out everything becomes a cooking blog. Yet for all the home cooks who are embracing the art as a therapeutic escape or mode of entertainment, there are as many others who are left cold or confounded by the sight of a stove. Uh, <clears throat> looking at her. Misty, you have made me food before and you are a good cook. Oh, I, I eat food. Almost every day. <laughs> Can't help it. Wow. It's hardly news that plenty of people don't cook or don't like to, but driven by necessity or inspired by the new popularity of cooking, Miss Hodges and others like her have tried their hand at it, often with discouraging results. Smoke-filled kitchens, blackened pots, whipped coffee explosions. Even when they succeed, satisfaction isn't guaranteed. The pandemic has pitted the passive cooks against the passionate ones, with some feeling increasingly annoyed by the culinary renaissance unfolding around them. I feel a little bit tricked, said Kim Baldwin, who works at <laughs> Parnassus Books in Nashville. Like, I knew all these normal people who had this latent bread-making skill that had never been talked about. Miss Baldwin, 43, has a kitchen full of unused appliances that she and her husband John received as wedding gifts 12 years yes. ago. Neither has ever found cooking relaxing. That's the thing. Even when I am successful, I do not enjoy it. It is constantly a chore. And don't like just to chop like my back hurts by the time I'm done chopping. First of all, I don't cook with a bra on and these, I have have big tits. And so to bend over and chop, my back immediately is like, fuck this order pizza. Yeah, no, it's like by the time I get anything in the pan and then I'm like standing on my feet for like an hour and 10 minutes, like, and then clean up. It's anyway. <sighs> so right. Miss Baldwin says, since Wait, especially can I say cooking for one, it's like, what is all of this? What is the point? Like, <laughs> so I can eat the same dish 17 days in a row, which like personally fine. I can do, but then it's just like, uh, listen, I have to. I have to cook like every few days and make a big batch of something, but I immediately freeze half of the batch so that yes. then I don't get sick of it. I kind of pull it out a few days later, but it still is the same yeah, rotating. Yeah, a few days later, I don't want to make a whole new dish. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a whole new dish. A whole new dish to cry about. Okay. Where is my fucking spoon? I thought I cleaned it. 
Fuck, 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 they're all dirty. Every dish a surprise. <laughs> well, I don't know why I got demonic. knows my name. <laughs> but when your life's on fire, you've got to get through. So now I cook a whole new dish with you. Oh, God, that's amazing. Listen, all I want is to make more money. So that I can actually spend on food and not worry about it. Like if I could eat out every meal, I would. Because there are people. I am not making money and I am still unwilling to cook a lot of the time. (laughs) I am unwilling, but I can't. Like I can't stop by like. I'm fucking just mortgaging my mortgaging my meals right now because I can't. But also there are people out here. Here are my feelings on it. There are People who are so passionate about cooking and food that they have spent many years, thousands of hours in kitchens and classes and learning about ingredients and they have the best knives and they want to share it with me. I'm never going to make it. I deny them the opportunity. Thank you. And I'm their craft. I'm never going to make Thai food as wonderfully as my local Thai place. And like, I don't understand. Okay. So, okay. Keep going. Keep going. Miss Baldwin, 43, says Thank that you. since her work has slowed, she has been flipping through her few cookbooks, also wedding gifts. She made curried lentils with the legumes in her pantry, but later realized they were about eight years old. <laughs> I am a victim of that. As we know from this podcast, <laughs> I have latent depression <laughs> hoarding. So everything I, I can't, if it's, if it's consumable, I'll keep it. Now, does that mean it tastes good and it's good for me? No. She says they were chewy and weird. <laughs> Wait a minute. Those weren't legumes. Those were those were rubber balls. I don't know. Cut that out. <laughs> do, you, do you want to try again? <laughs> those weren't legumes. Those were soft boiled peanuts. No, I don't know. I've got nothing. I don't Which know. Which also chewy, I weird. think peanuts are legumes. <laughs> Leave it all in. Everybody's struggling. (laughs) Listen, everybody's struggling. Leave it in. A legume of the... When I Googled, is a peanut a legume? This came up. Legume of the month. Peanuts. (laughs) You know what? It's tough because comedy is my bread and butter. You're welcome. No, I can't. I gotta go. I'm out. I'm out. She tried making barbecue chicken by putting boneless breasts into a slow cooker and pouring in a... bottle of barbecue sauce over them. It was terrible, she said, like chicken barbecue soup. Her husband has made a lot of instant ramen. Her only victory has been a lemon pie, which she had to substitute almost every ingredient (laughs) in the recipe. (laughs) Wait, so was it technically a lemon pie? It was an orange cobbler. <laughs> I'm laughing too hard to read this. Uh, in which she had to substitute almost every ingredient in the recipe because she couldn't find what she needed at the grocery. I was so surprised that I made it work and the pie was delicious, she said. It was my only joyful kitchen experience so far. <laughs> and then it has a picture of her Instagram photo. And it says, you guys, I made a pie. And it only took the help of two pastry chefs, the husband of a coworker, forwarding me a recipe and driving a <laughs> across town to get a can of evaporated milk out of my friend's mailbox. <laughs> uh, still, 
Some fledgling cooks have found pleasure and even pride in their debacles. The fun part for me has been chronicling my failures on Twitter, said Kyler Callahan, a computer engineer in Seattle. A lot of my close friends do cook, so it's like, hey, while you are looking at these amazing things, look at this passable piece of food I made. Oh my God. Mr. Callahan cooked a chicken breast on his stovetop, but a thermometer kept indicating that the meat was undercooked, so he turned up the heat and probably burned it. Even Toast posted a challenge. His toaster broke. His toaster broke, so he turned to the stove. But because his stovetop is pitched at an angle, the bread cooked on only one side, which burned. The center was cold. The butter didn't melt evenly. (laughs) What? Oh my god! And then there's a picture of it. Okay, I do need to say that I was a terrible cook. And I was alive and cooking before the advent of the food channel, the food network and like cooking, cooking channel. Yeah. And I have to say, especially with YouTube, it's hard to not know the basics. Like I took home ec where I learned how to like measure and do that kind of stuff. And if you grew up in a home where you didn't have access to somebody to teach you that, I understand. Yeah. Isn't offered a lot. But now you can Google yeah. how to boil an egg and like there's, you know, there's a guy, he's like, he's called the internet dad and he has YouTube and he does videos on like how to do stuff. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, I love him. I love him because he, he I think he lost his dad. And so yeah. then he started making videos of all the things that dad might show you. And he's like, yeah, hey, dad and just is so wonderful. Well, yeah. also, also, and I will put these links in show notes, but there are two YouTube chefs I absolutely adore and honestly just, it's just comforting to watch their videos, but there is Gemma Stafford, G-E-M-M-A has a YouTube channel called Bigger Boulder Baking. And she used to be a pastry chef at a Michelin star restaurant. And now she just shows you how to make like the most wonderful, easy, basic, like the best mug cake and the best chocolate chip cookies and those sorts of things. And then there's Chef John of Food Wishes, which my older sister Heather and I watch because he's just so funny. Um, and his I'm going to add, I'm, I know we have to get back to your article, but I'm going to add Tabitha Brown, who is my favorite. I first found her on TikTok and then started following her on Instagram. She is a vegan and she does a lot of vegan meals, but she's so comforting mm. and so damn delightful. I love yeah. her so much. She is exploding right now. Um, and she makes it so easy. Oh, I just love her. I love that. So I, I, she inspired me to order some cookware and some spices because oh. I only use salt and pepper. Oh, you got to get on that cumin train, that turmeric yeah. train. Listen, saffron. I'm from the Midwest. Mayonnaise oh, that's is true. a spice. So. That's, that is very, everyone I met from the Midwest is like the most scared eater on the planet. Yeah. I did not, I did not even try any kind of ethnic cuisine until I was in college and I tried Thai food for the first time and I have never looked back. And now you cannot get me to stop eating everything that is not American. Well, I am fortunate to have grown up at a, you know, in a big 10 city. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I ate Asian, I ate Thai, I ate, oh, yeah, you know, right. lots of different. But in terms of like cooking, it's all Midwestern. It's just very bland. I mean, it's, you know, it's German. Germans are not known right. for spice. <laughs> right, right. There you go. So one appliance that hasn't failed him in this chef in Seattle is the rice cooker he bought a few years ago and has started using regularly over the past two months. It has been a huge savior for me, he said. 
Lauren O'Connor's strategy is to get a bit drunk, cook as much food as I possibly can, and chuck it in the freezer, she said. Most stuff can be salvaged with a can of tomatoes, some garlic, and chili powder. If it doesn't taste like something I dug out of the garden, I am fine. Miss O'Connor, 32, a paleoclimatologist in Tucson, Arizona. I'm really proud that I said that word in one Yeah, you nailed it is subsisting on defrosted batches of beans and rice paired with toast topped with Vegemite, a food spread she grew up on in in Australia. I love Vegemite. I also like Marmite. They are different, but they are similar. You're disgusting. Thank you so much. They are, they are different, but they are similarly disgusting. Yeah. She's not the only one using the time at home to connect with her culinary roots. Richard David recently attempted to recreate his family's Guyanese chicken curry in his apartment in South Ozone Park, Queens. Ooh, yeah. The dish was taking a while, so he drank a little wine and fell asleep on the couch with the pot <gasps> still on the stove. He woke to a smoky apartment and a pitch black curry. And wow, he is so lucky that is all he woke up to. Yeah. There was a silver lining. Quote, I also realize my smoke detectors don't work, Mr. David, 34, said. (laughs) Certain dishes have emerged as especially popular during quarantine, like the whipped Dalgona coffee that has taken social media by storm. I haven't seen this yet. It's on TikTok. Okay. Jennifer, I'm not on TikTok. Jennifer Tallman thought the drink might be a way to dip a toe into cooking. She tried Mm -hmm. making it with an immersion blender at home in the Washington Heights section of Manhattan. The mixture went everywhere, she said, my kitchen ceiling, floor, and my shirt. And you know what's so crazy about immersion blenders? It's like everything's fine and then it is not. Like it goes everywhere in a split second. She also tried to stage a romantic date night cooking garlic shrimp pasta for her husband, John. We had some wine. We were listening to Frank Sinatra, she said. I was trying to do it like we see in the movies. Excuse me. The pasta came out chewy and not garlicky enough. There wasn't an ounce of joy that came from it, she concluded. Now, every night, she roasts vegetables and fries some eggs, and for the rest of the evening, her husband snacks on Little Debbie Nutty Buddy bars and turtle brownies to fill up. Oh my God, what I wouldn't give for a Little Debbie Nutty Buddy. (laughs) Nutty Buddy. Have you Uh, had those? Ugh, I used to eat them layer by layer. They were like my favorite when my mom- Oh, really? I just keep thinking of, um, what is the cookie? The the Nutter- Nutter butter, Nutter butter, yeah, also good. These are like the American version of a Kinder, uh, a Kinder chocolate, you know, from like Germany. But it's like oh, oh, I just looked it up. Wafer covered in chocolate layers, nut butter, like multiple layers. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to fucking eat a nutty buddy, (laughs) little Debbie. I love the fact that she's like, yeah, I don't know, veggies every night, eggs every night, and then just like brownies and nutty buddies. That's that's a balanced diet, everyone. Can I tell you a sidebar really fast? My mom's um, had a circle group of friends and, and her book club and Bible study and supper club. And Muriel, who's no longer living, she was, we called her my Auntie Mame. Muriel was married to Bob. Bob Smith, Muriel Smith. They went, they were on vacation somewhere and Bob went to play golf and Muriel was, I don't know, at the spa. They met back up later for dinner and she said, well, how was golf? And he said, it was fine. You know, it was two of us. We, they paired us up with another pair, you know, to make a foursome. And she's like, were they interested? He goes, I don't know. This one guy was kind of weird because I asked, we introduced ourselves and he said, I'm little Debbie. And I just thought that was so weird. And she said, Bob, you just played golf with little Debbie. He said, yeah, that's what I told you, but he was weird. I mean, he's just a normal guy. She said, 
Bob, little Debbie, little Debbie snack cakes, little Debbie, little Debbie nutter butters, little Debbie. And he was like, Oh my God, I just golfed with little Debbie. That's, but why would, but why is, but a, a grown man doesn't call himself little Debbie? You know, if he's for, if he's full of himself, he was, you know, like Bob was probably like, I'm Bob, I'm an architect. Uh, okay, you know, fine. I'm, I'm going to introduce myself as Cisco Foods. <laughs> but you don't work for Cisco Foods. Oh, I see. Oh, I see what you're saying. He's saying like, I'm a professor. Nice to meet you. I'm a professor. Yes. And he's like, little this guy's Debbie. like, I'm fucking little Debbie. Like I'm, I'm, you know. Oh like, my God. That's, so- but he thought it was like a nickname as opposed he to. He was like, like, okay, weirdo. Let's play 18 <laughs> holes of golf together. And then that night, Muriel was like, you, you idiot. That's little Debbie. We had an opportunity to get free exactly. snacks for the rest of our lives. Exactly. Okay. So this woman and her husband just eat these turtle brownies and nutty buddies to fill <sighs> up. She says sometimes the vegetables are raw or burned when they emerge from the oven. I like that none of these people are getting better at what they're doing. She eats them anyway. As an executive assistant and fitness instructor, she has little time to spend in the kitchen. A lack of enthusiasm for cooking can become even harder to bear when there are children involved. I don't want to feed my son chicken tenders and frozen pizzas, said Miranda Richardson, an administrator for the police department in Laurel, Maryland. But what she makes may not pass muster with him. Kids tell the truth when they don't like food. She pointed out that she is actually a good cook. She recently made a vanilla cake since so many others are baking, but still dislikes it. Being in that kitchen just does not make me happy, she said. In Bethesda, Maryland, Catherine Spindle is living with her adult daughter, Pippa, 22, who moved back home in March. If it weren't for her husband's cooking, Miss Spindle, 54, said there might be a repeat of the dinner of cut apples and cheese she once served her daughter when he was out of town. <laughs> Not above it. But thank you Not to the author it. of this article. Meaningful progress has come for some of the new cooks. Sudarshan Moralidar, 25, a software engineer in Seattle, said he has learned that the pasta is supposed to go into the water only after it boils and that you oh, can't no. use the same kind of oil for every dish. Newman Ahmed, 26, a merchandiser in Montreal, finally bought a mixing bowl after the dough for his homemade hamburger buns spilled outside the saucepan he was using as a proofer. He had broken the plastic handle off the pan to make it oven safe. In March, Eric Phillips jokingly tweeted about alphabetizing his spice collection of five seasonings, including salt, and received more than 4,000 responses, most of them derisive. How do you live like this? Do you even know what cumin is? And there's a picture of it, and it's really funny. It's just like allspice, pepper, celery, salt, that. cinnamon. <laughs> allspice. Yeah, allspice used like once a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what in the one pie you think about making? Yeah, now, or um, mold wine. Thank you. Now he is using social media to learn to cook, watching videos and asking questions about what to do with ingredients. He has perfected fried eggs, he said, but his ambitious attempt to make grilled octopus in his West Village apartment without a recipe turned out extremely tough and rubbery. And it makes me so sad because octopus is delicious, but they are so smart. Yeah, they're a very intelligent animal. I know. Mr. Phillips, 39, who works for a crisis management firm, said he doesn't resent the people who have found comfort in cooking. He just doesn't always understand them. Others feel more strongly. I can't look at more sourdough, said Nicole Nafai. <laughs> Excuse me. Said Nicole Nahafi, a writer isolating with her boyfriend at his parents' house in South Dartmouth, Dartmouth, Massachusetts. At this point, if you made bread, you don't need to post it. We have seen the bread. We are good. 
Over the past two months, Miss Nahafi, 32, has learned to grill and make pasta carbonara, but she is absolutely sure that once she and her boyfriend move back to their apartment in downtown Brooklyn, cooking will no longer be a habit. She might bake more banana bread, she said, as it was nice to have it hot out of the oven. But will she enjoy the process? Not likely. I am scarred from cooking after this experience, she said. There is nothing like forcing you to do something to make you really not like it. Oh God, that's so true. I have to say in the beginning of our safer at home, I was cooking much more and I was cooking foods that I wanted in particular. Mm -hmm. I wanted, um, casseroles. I wanted stuff, comfort foods. So I made casseroles, I made soups, I made, you know, a lot of like fried eggs for breakfast like that, just kind of like really comforting foods. And then after a while, it's just like, especially for me, there's no help to clean up the dishes. There's Mm -hmm. no, you know, so it was like, well, why? <laughs> yeah. And also like when all of the restaurants were sort of shut down in the first couple of weeks and yeah. we didn't know like what the delivery situation would be like, I was like, I really want nice pizza. And I yeah. didn't buy any pizza when I went to the store and I'm terrified to go to the store, but I have flour and I have yeast and I'm going to try and make a pizza. And yeah. I did. And it was good, but it was not the same as like I followed the Roberta's pizza dough recipe, but it was, it's not the same. I don't have a, a thousand degree oven. Right. Well, and you like know? I was making my own bread for a little while, but then I ran out of flour and I couldn't get it for about eight weeks. Right. right. So, exactly. you know, it, it, yeah. I do enjoy baking more than cooking. Same. I actually really like baking, but yeah. Cooking for me takes a lot of mental energy and I, I want it to go fast. So I always cook mm-hmm. it too, too high and then it burns. Yeah. Same, same, same. Well, this article was great, Misty. I laughed so hard and I'm so grateful. (laughs) May your sourdough, banana bread, and cardboard pizza boxes be be abundant. abundant. Bye. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias. Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast. Twitter at G-H-Y podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.